Hello, welcome to Years of Hurt, a Euro 2020 podcast with me, Richard Carey. Yes, match day three is almost over and we're perilously close to the knockout stages. You can feel the sense of trepidation in the air. On the show, we'll see whether England and Scotland got out of Group D as England took on the Czech Republic at Wembley and Scotland faced Croatia at Hampden Park. Plus all the action from a dramatic Monday night in Copenhagen as Denmark faced Russia in Group B. Plus coverage of Finland versus Belgium, North Macedonia versus Netherlands and the crucial Group C clash between Ukraine and Austria. But first, there's a couple of bits of news to discuss. Scotland star Billy Gilmore tested positive for COVID-19 following Scotland's match with England on Friday night. As a result, he's had to self-isolate for 10 days and miss the Croatia vs Scotland final group game. As a precaution, Mason Mount and Ben Chilwell are also in isolation in the England squad due to their contact with Gilmore in the match. As a result, they couldn't play against the Czech Republic. We'll talk about how much they were missed a little bit later on. Man City are thought to have put in a £100 million bid for Tottenham's Harry Kane. The citizens are looking to replace Sergio Aguero, who will be joining Barcelona later this summer. Kane seems to want to leave Spurs in search of Champions League football and trophies. Obviously, Kane has been struggling a little bit at the Euros, so maybe this will make City a little bit more hesitant to offer all that dough. Now let's have a look at the results in the Euros from the past couple of days. In Group B, Finland 0, Belgium 2, Russia 1, Denmark 4. In Group C, Ukraine 0, Austria 1, North Macedonia 0, Netherlands 3. In Group D, Czech Republic 0, England 1. Croatia, three. Scotland, one. Back to Grealish once again, looking to tease the Czech defence. Does that, and is headed in by Raheem Sterling in England lead. Finally, England fans have something to get them out of their chairs. And once again, it's provided by Raheem Sterling. England 1-0 up. So he reached Group D, and England had already qualified thanks to Denmark on Monday night, but if they wanted to win the group, they had to beat the Czech Republic here. The Czech Republic only needed a draw to qualify as winners. Early on, Luke Shaw played the ball through to Sterling. He chipped it over the keeper, but it hit the post. But a lovely free ball there by Shaw. Saka made a great run. He played it to Phillips on the right-hand side, back to Saka. He crossed it, Grealish whipped it back. Kane played it back to Grealish. Grealish chipped it in the back post and... Sterling headed it in at the back post. 1-0 England. Lovely weighted cross by Grealish, setting a goal up like he was expected to do. And Sterling's second goal of the Euros. And currently he's England's only scorer. A through ball came to Harry Kane. He could have squared it to Sterling, but he decided to take it on his own. But it was saved by the keeper. It's Kane's closest attempt to actually scoring in this Euros. Hollish had a long-range shot. It took a good Pickford save to deny him. Boyo crossed it in, Janso couldn't follow up, and Suchek had a golden opportunity, but he put it wide. In the second half, England had a free kick. It looked like Harry Maguire might have been brought down the box, but VAR ruled it was not a penalty. Probably didn't look like an awful lot to me. Pegard had a shot, but it was way wide, really. And at full time, it finished. Czech Republic nil, England won. Well, I've got to say, it was a very promising first half from England. Uh, the changes that Gareth Southgate made with Saka coming in and Grealish as well. Obviously, Mason Mount couldn't play because he had to be isolated due to 
contact with Billy Gilmore, who tested positive for COVID-19. And I think that was a really positive move, actually. Grealish obviously set up the goal, is expected to create a lot of attacking opportunities. Even Harry Kane had a chance to score in this match. Obviously, he's still not off the mark, and that is a bit of a worry. Uh, Harry Maguire came back in the team as well in defence. He did okay, but I did think at times that England's defence could have been broken down had the Czechs had a bit more attacking threat. And Saka had a really good game, probably the man match for me on the right wing. I felt like the second half, everything kind of died off. There wasn't really a lot to talk about in the second half, and it really kind of died. But England just sort of cruised to the 1-0 win. And it's a very positive thing. England haven't conceded a goal at the Euros. Yeah, they've only scored two goals, but they haven't conceded a single goal. Like I mentioned earlier, only Italy and Sweden have currently done that. So it's looking good at the back, but I would question whether England will be able to keep that when they have more difficult attacking threats to come. Jordan Henderson also got some time and he had a disallowed goal late in the game. He replaced Declan Rice on half-time. It's probably just to get him some game time. It did feel like a game that didn't really mean that much, but England just about cruised to the 1-0 victory. It felt a little bit like a friendly. You know, when you watch those England friendlies, you're like, eh, it's not really that important. And it did feel this match like that. And that's a shame, really, with the Euros format, because if it, if it wasn't for that format, then England probably would have still had to done, do something, you know? So England will now have a round of 16 game at Wembley next week against the runners-up of Group F, obviously the group of death with the likes of France, Germany and Portugal in there along with Hungary. England could face pretty much any of those four teams. I would say the biggest worry for me would probably be Germany because seeing Germany in that Portugal match, I can see Germany actually ripping England to shreds a little bit. But at least it'll be entertaining in the process. It won't be another boring England game. You can say that. Portugal might be a difficult one. We remember Euro 2004, World Cup 2006, where Portugal beat England both times, both on penalties. And that's obviously a worry. Um, but they do look like a team England could beat. As for France, you don't really know which France is going to turn up. Is it going to be the France that turned up against Hungary or the France that turned up against Germany? They do seem somewhat fragile, but they are you know, a very strong team nonetheless. So it's not going to be easy, but England will have the home advantage. I think any team out of Group F is somewhat beatable, albeit not the easiest games. And maybe that'll be England's time to shine. And then maybe England will have a historic win. Everyone will get way too excited about us winning the Euros and we'll go out in the quarters. That's how you do it, isn't it? That's how you usually do it at the Euros. Adams is there. Come back to the Gregor! Yes! Scotland the level through Callum McGregor. Good ball out to Tierney and it comes. Adams tries to take a touch, knocks it back. This is brilliant. Oh, lovely strike. Doesn't try to smash it. Right in the bottom right-hand corner. How do you like it? So we move across to Scotland versus Croatia. This was a must-win game for both sides who are on one point after two games with Croatia drawing with the Czech Republic and Scotland getting that 0-0 draw with England at Wembley. Could the Scots, for the first time ever, get out the group stage of the European Championships? McGinn crossed it in and Che Adams couldn't quite get on the end of it to steer it in the net. Juranovic crossed it in, it was headed down and Vasic put it away. 1-0 Croatia. A nice header down, chested it and put it into the bottom left corner. Scotland came back down the right-hand side. 
a cross in. Croatia couldn't clear it. Robertson crossed it in again. Croatia looked to clear it, but it fell to Callum McGregor, who slotted it away into the left-hand corner from outside the box. Hamden Park went crackers for that goal. It's Scotland's first goal at the Euros, and it means there are no teams that haven't scored. A great goal and gave Scotland a chance. In the second half, a ball was played through to Vlasic, but he couldn't finish it, and he seems to get injured in the process. Marshall did well to come out and challenge for the ball there. A cross came in by Robertson, but McGinn couldn't get up quite on the end of it. It went wide. It looked like it was a surefire goal there. Croatia had another attack. The ball was laid off to Modric, who put it lovely away in the left corner. Come off the hour, come off the man. Captain Modric scores at 35 years old. He's one of only two players to score at Euro 2008 and Euro 2020. It's him and Cristiano Ronaldo. A lovely sort of swirling ball into the corner. 2-1 Croatia. Modric took the corner and it got headed on and into the net. Perisic put it away. A lovely header at the front post. Came off the post and went in. Croatia 3, Scotland 1. And at full time, it was Croatia 3, Scotland 1. Well, a heartbreaking defeat for Scotland, who had just a glimmer of hope after that equaliser for McGregor. It did look like Croatia have actually showed up when it mattered. And this win actually leapfrogged them all the way to second place, which was somewhat surprising because they won by two goals. Scotland will probably look back at this tournament and think it all went wrong in that first game against the Czech Republic. And they really couldn't quite recover from there, despite a very good performance against England in their second match. But they were simply outclassed today by Croatia. The likes of Modric and Perisic showed up and Vlasic had a great match to deny them a historic victory. It's another going out in the group stage for Scotland, but they did get here at least. And what is it about Max? All the uh, Scotland players who scored the Euros have been called Max something. So it's a pattern that's continued with Callum McGregor. At least they got that goal, because if they hadn't, that would have been a big blip on their copybook and probably would have been an argument to say they're one of the worst teams in the Euros. But I think with that goal, we can definitely say Turkey are below Scotland. But it does mean the first home nation is out of the Euros at the group stage. We still have England and Wales in it. The final Group D table ended up as follows. So Scotland came in last place with one point and minus four goal difference. Czech Republic were in third place with four points and plus one goal difference. Croatia were in second place with four points and also plus one goal difference, but they scored more goals than Czech Republic. And England topped the group with seven points and a plus two goal difference. So that means England will face the runners-up of Group F, whereas Croatia will face the runners-up of Group E, which is possibly a potentially easier game in Copenhagen. Czech Republic will have to wait until the end to find out who they play, but they will qualify for the next stage. So once again, I've been looking for your Dream 11s, a group of 11 players from different worlds. And this time we're looking at your best 11 of video game characters. So Ben Emerson says, Donkey Kong in goal, he would be a great presence. Bob from Tekken as attacking centre mid. Kratos and Nathan Drake up front. King from Tekken as defensive mid. I think he's going to make some crunching tackles. I don't think suplexes are allowed in football. Only Connect Wrestling says Bowser in goal. 
obviously a dislike team. MGS is snake in centre mid. Would he be like a sneaky midfielder? Can you have such a thing? I don't know. Nico Belic in, in uh, midfield. When, he, when he's not playing bowling with his cousin Roman. Sonic and Kirby up front. Well, they look like footballs, won't they, when they're spinning around. Aurora's Nitro podcast says Donkey Kong has to be the target man. Yeah, I can see that heading it down. So Donkey, you know, I'm going to start comparing Donkey Kong to Peter Crouch, but Main Event Candles has done a whole thread of his uh, video game Dream 11 in Gold Glover. That is genius. What an idea. At left back, Instructor Mussolini from Papa the, Parappa the Rapper. Do you know why we stopped the car? If I was to pick a Parappa the Rapper character to be in my football team, I think I'd go for Chop Chop Master Onion. In centre-back, the Tetris line block and the breakout paddle. Always making great interceptions and blocking stuff, those two. And they're really old-school defenders. Let's just say that. <laughs> right back, Cafu from Pez 2021. I think that's cheating, isn't it? But picking actual players, or people used to be actual players. It's gone for Crash Bandicoot as he's box-to-box midfielder because he loves, uh, you know... <laughs> Jumping on boxers. I quite like that idea. I'm not sure Crash Bandicoot would get past a drugs test. You know, you're not sure what's in that Whopper. I'm not sure what they make that Wumper fruit out of. So thank you so much for those Dream 11s. Had a really good selection of video game ones. We will be coming back with some more of them later in the tournament. Get involved at YOHUS on Twitter. Let us know your Dream 11s for video games. And also, let us know anything about the Euros. Damn Scott. Good effort. Ah! What a goal! What a noise! Denmark's boy wonder has got himself in the game and given his country the lead. One touch to his right and what a finish that is. Group B looked like it could come down to both a dramatic and confusing conclusion. Finland just needed a point against Belgium to qualify, while Russia also needed a point against Denmark. It was a must-win game for the Danes, who also had to rely on a Belgian win to help them qualify. Would the Danish pull off a miracle in Copenhagen after a difficult start to the group following the collapse of Christian Eriksen? So in the first half of Russia versus Denmark, Denmark had a chance from a long-range shot from Hodgeberg, but it hit the side netting. Hodgeberg passed it to Damsgaard, he got it on his right foot and curled the ball beautifully into the back of the net. Lovely goal from 25 yards out, 1-0 to Denmark. Vestergaard headed the ball in the box from a corner, but Delaney couldn't get on the end of it to direct it into the net. At half-time, it was Russia nil, Denmark won. Over in the first half of the Finland versus Belgium match, Hazard played the ball through to De Bruyne. He managed to get through the tiniest gap to have a shot, but it was blocked away. De Bruyne chipped it in into Lukaku, but he could only head it straight to the keeper. The youngster Doku had a good attempt from the left, and it took an outstretched palm from Hideki to deny him. At half-time, it was Finland nil, Belgium nil. So at the break, it was looking good for Finland as it stood Belgium on top with seven points, Finland second with four points, Denmark third with three points with a better head-to-head record than Russia in fourth, also with three points. While Denmark could still qualify from this position, it didn't look too promising. De Bruyne, Lukaku in the slot, rattles it home. The deadlock is broken, he looks at the flag, the flag stays down. This is a very late goal check struck off wow in the second half of Russia versus Denmark Sobnin with a terrible back pass from Russia it went completely wrong and fell to Paulson who tucked it away with ease 2-0 to Denmark and immediately after this Paulson was subbed off so thanks for the goal mate but you're off Dolberg and Braithwaite did a lovely little 1-2 but Dolberg couldn't get the ball out of his feet to take a shot he really should have made it free there 
There was drama as Sobolov was brought down the box by Vestergaard. A penalty was given, a little bit of a soft one. Now in this tournament, Zubia had about a 50-50 chance of scoring, but he blasted it down the middle and into the net to keep Russia's hopes alive. 2-1. Delaney crossed the ball in, Braithwaite with the header, but it was saved. A follow-up chance came to Kadja, but it was another great save. Then it fell to Christiansen outside the box, and he struck it so sweetly, it found the back of the net. What a goal! 3-1 to Denmark. Heusberg played the ball to Marley. He had a few options, but as cool as you like, he took it onto his right foot and slotted it into the bottom left corner. 4-1 to Denmark. In fairness, Russia made that way too easy for him. Marley played tribute to Christian Eriksen with his 10 celebration. And at full time, it was Russia 1, Denmark 4. But would that be enough for the Danes? In the second half of Finland versus Belgium, Finland finally had a shot from Kamara, but it went straight into Courtois' hands. Witzel played it to Ezen Hazard and a good save from Radecki prevented the goal. De Bruyne played it to Lukaku, slotted it away in the bottom right hand corner but wait just a second. After a late VAR check, the video assistant referee decided it was offside but I had a look at a replay and there's no way in hell it was offside. It was clearly in line with the last defender. As John McEnroe would say, it's on the line! Apparently his foot was offside. His foot, just his foot. Anyway, the Ditalau goal caused absolute chaos in the other game in Denmark. The crowd erupted in cheers, then found the goal was disallowed, then Denmark gave away a penalty. So it might be the most controversial and impactful VAR decision so far in the Euros. Belgium had a corner, De Bruyne whipped it in, Vermaelen headed it down, it bounced onto the crossbar, came off Radecki, he tried to scramble it away but it was already over the line. Bayata stuck it in the net afterwards, but it officially went down as a Radecki own goal. That's the sixth own goal at the Euros now. 1-0 to Belgium. De Bruyne played it to the Kaku in the box. A nice little turn before shooting. He stuck it in the bottom right-hand corner. 2-0 to Belgium. And at full time, that's how it ended. Finland 0, Belgium 2. After all was said and done, Belgium topped the group with a maximum 9 points out of 9 and a plus 6 goal difference. So Denmark, Finland and Russia all ended up on 3 points so it went down to goal difference and it was Denmark who finished runners up with 3 points and a plus 1 goal difference. They will now face Wales in the last 16 in Amsterdam on Saturday. Finland finished third with 3 points and minus 2 goal difference as an outside chance they could still qualify. And Russia finished bottom of the group with 3 points and minus 5 goal difference. After a rather pedestrian first half in both matches, apart from that wonder strike of course from Damsgaard, this turned into a terrific second half, especially in the Russia-Denmark game, which was the one I chose to watch live. Denmark were very impressive. I thought their heads would drop a bit after they conceded that penalty, but in fairness, they just kept on going. The Russian defence was at sixes and sevens, and the Danes just kept attacking, and got a very deserving 4-1 win. And what about that goal from Christiansen? With this match and the Switzerland one, there are lots of contenders now for goal of the tournament. It's a fairy tale ending to the group for Denmark. After the tragedy that struck them in the first game, they really shouldn't have been made to complete that match against Finland with what happened with Christian Eriksen, and it feels like their qualification is justice being done, even if qualifying with three points does seem a bit jammy. I do feel a bit for Finland, but they should be pleased it's their first tournament and they haven't come last in the group. They were unlucky with the first Belgium goal, but Lukaku showed his class on the second. The win means Belgium are the third team to have a perfect record at the Euros after Italy and Netherlands, who we'll talk about a little bit later. They've set their stall out as top contenders to win the whole thing. 
And some were surprised to see Martinez stick with the big guns since they'd already qualified of De Bruyne and Lukaku. I guess De Bruyne needed the match time after missing the first game and a half. Belgium will now face a third place team in the round of 16. It's been a disappointing Euros for Russia who haven't come near to repeating their quarter-final run in the World Cup, despite still having a home advantage of sorts in two games. We'll see them in a couple of years, I guess. Another ball in. Another chance here, and that time it's tucked away. Christoph Baumgartner. Austria take the lead, and it could be a pivotal goal. In Group C, the group winners and losers had already been decided. Netherlands would top the group, and North Macedonia would finish bottom. These teams would face each other in a glorified friendly. While Ukraine and Austria battled it out, with the winner being guaranteed a place in the last 16. So, let's look at Ukraine versus Austria first. A corner came in from Alaba and Baumgartner stuck it in with his foot in the box and put it into the back of the net. 1-0 Austria! Shaparenko had a shot which was saved and Yarmolenko couldn't quite follow up with a rebound. Lima had a curling shot from the left for Austria but Bouchan palmed it away. Schoff crossed it in low to Arnautovic. It was a horrible shot from the Austrian forwarder. Wayward absolutely wasted that one. In the second half there was almost another own goal. Tyshangov took the free kick and it came off Liner's head and Backman had to stop it going in. Yarmachuk looked for a shot from an acute angle but it went wide of the post. Sabitzer had a promising run down the left hand side but his cross to Kladzic was really poor. So as the full time whistle went it finished Ukraine nil, Austria won. Over in North Macedonia versus Netherlands, Pandev played the ball to Tchaikovsky. He put the ball in the back of the net but it wasn't 1-0 to North Macedonia as it was ruled offside. It was a minuscule call again. He looked to be in line with the last defender for me. Pandev laid it back. Trakowski had the hit, but it hit the post. Pandev was tackled by Daly Blind. It seemed like it might be a foul to me, but Netherlands took advantage with a counter-attack. Depay played it to Marlon on the right. He played the ball back to Depay, who stuck it in the bottom corner, 1-0 to Netherlands. On a replay, perhaps Blind just about got enough of the ball, but it looked like a potentially dangerous tackle. I've certainly seen them be given as a foul. Depay played a through ball to Marlon. He crossed it low to Dumfries, but Dimitrescu blocked it. Depay had another chance from long range, but it was blocked. In the second half, Netherlands had a corner. It went on to the header delete, but it was headed off the line by Trukowski. Depay found the ball on the left. He cut it back to Wijnaldum, who tucked it past the keeper. 2-0 to Netherlands. North Macedonia got a free kick. Bardi had a go, but it was a good height for Stecklenburg to save it. Marlon played it through nicely to Depay. The keeper saved it, but it fell to Wijnaldum, who dinked it in. 3-0 Netherlands. Wijnaldum now has scored 25 goals for the Netherlands, which is one more than Marco van Basten. Very impressive. Pandev was substituted off, and he got the guard of honour as he left the pitch for the last time as a North Macedonian player. He's played 122 times for the nation. Bardi played the ball through to Chilinov. He tucked the ball past Stecklenburg, but the goal was ruled out again. He was clearly more offside than the last time. I mean... I thought the first one was harsh, but this one was definitely a disallowed. Van Arlup played the ball back across to Wijnaldum, but he blasted the ball over the bar. He couldn't make it a hat-trick. Frankie de Jong played it to Veghorst, but he hit the bar. And at full time, it was North Macedonia nil, Netherlands 3. So Group C ends with Netherlands on top with a maximum of 9 points out of 9. And plus 6 goal difference, the same as Belgium. They've also scored more goals than any team in the Euros so far, with 8 Austria finished in second place with six points and will now face Italy on Saturday. Ukraine were in third with three points and a minus one goal difference. 
and North Macedonia finished in last place with zero points and a minus six goal difference, but at least they got two goals and probably should have had one more against Holland. I think Austria played well in their last match and that's reflected by the stats. Although possession stats were 50-50, Austria had 18 shots on goal to Ukraine's five and 13 of those shots were in the first half so they really dominated that. Ukraine had a little bit of a comeback in the second half but they never really troubled the Austrian goal. I don't really expect Austria to go any further in this tournament as they face one of the best sides next, Italy, in the second round. It's another assured performance from the Netherlands. Admittedly, it was easy for them to break down the North Macedonian defence with the pace of Marlon, Depay and Wijnaldum. They did have a few scares in the early going as it looked like North Macedonia would have taken the lead if it wasn't for VAR. Netherlands will face a third place team in Seville on Sunday. So there are just two groups to decide before we find out the full second round draw. Here's what those teams need to do to qualify. In Group E, Sweden have already qualified, but Poland must win to qualify. Slovakia just need a point and a draw will be enough for Spain if Poland failed to beat Sweden. In Group F, France are already through. Hungary must win against Germany to qualify. And Germany and Portugal need a point to make sure of qualification. If Portugal and Germany both lose, Germany will end up in third place on head-to-head record and will qualify as long as they don't get thrashed by Hungary. There you have it, and I'll be back on Friday to have a look at how groups E and F panned out, and I'll also give you a full preview of the round of 16 and my predictions for who's going to win. Until then, from me, Richard Carey, it's goodbye. Goodbye.